Not any announcements. I, really, just the only thing I want you to look forward to is when we meet Christ one day. Um, I don't really want to think about what's what's happening tomorrow or this coming week or what's happened in the past. But may we just uh, just get caught away and uh, <clears throat> understand what's so great a salvation that we have. So I want to finish up the message uh, this morning. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? You know, we know that the truth is he is worthy. It's a matter of, is that truth in us? And some questions for us is, what, what is he worthy of? A Sunday? Once a year, Easter? A tithe? He's worthy of all of us. And may we be challenged, just be caught away in the beauty of His holiness. This morning we started out with seeing what this salvation was like, pieces of it. It's kind of like pieces of the puzzle, okay? Uh, we see that it was a salvation by God's order, His, His way. He rejected man's attempt to cover Himself. He did the covering, and He covered Mankind is a salvation by blood. He rejected a non-blood sacrifice, a sacrifice by choice. Cain had a choice. Salvation for all, but received by few. Salvation by faith, not by a religion. Salvation of freedom. He rejected the lineage and law, religion uh, as salvation. That's been rejected. We have a freedom. You know, every, when I look at a cult, this is how I define a cult. A cult is something that wants to control you, to take control of you. And even in a church like this, you know, you can use scripture, you can twist scripture, you can cause fear in people to control them. That's cultish. Anything like that's cultish. You have freedom. But freedom for the saved person is freedom to serve to serve him to want to to serve him to desire to serve him and then a salvation of security there'll be a fire one day there'll be a fire for those who don't believe will be cast into the lake of fire but there's also a fire for the christian all those things that aren't done in christ are going to are going to be burned away we'll be saved but our works will be burnt that weren't in Him. Now we're going to move from the pieces of salvation to what I would call a completed, a somewhat completed picture, beginning the pictures, a complete picture of the finished part of salvation in the construction of the tabernacle as we finish the book of Exodus. That's where I left off a couple weeks ago. Now the rest of chapter 36 in 37 through 39 in the book of Exodus details the building of the tabernacle. And it says in Exodus 39 verse 42, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel made all the work. This is a pinnacle time. And Moses did look upon all the work and behold, they had done it 
Not as Moses commanded him. As the Lord had commanded. Even so had they done it. And Moses blessed them. So all the pieces, all the parts were done. But in chapter 40, we're gonna, we see the rearing up. The furniture moved in. And the consecration of the tabernacle and of the priest as completed by Moses. In Exodus chapter 40, verse 33, And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. It was all done, and here's what it's all about. Verse 34, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till that day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. It was all about the glory of the Lord and following the glory of the Lord. It's about worshiping God. And what a great salvation He has prepared. Now I want to talk just a little bit about the tabernacle. Just one particular item. And that was the anointing oil. And I think sometimes it may get overlooked about this anointing oil. This anointing oil went over just about everything. And there it was holy unto the Lord. I want to read a little bit. Actually, I have to go back to Exodus 30 to learn some more details about this anointing oil, the anointing of God. Exodus 30, verse 22. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus, two hundred and fifty shekels, and of cassia, five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, and hen. And thou shalt make it in oil, of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary, it shall be in a holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith and the ark of the testimony and the table and all his vessels and the candlestick and his vessels and the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offering with all his vessels and the laver and his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh it shall not be poured, neither shall ye make any other like it after the composition of it. It is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, 
or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger shall even be cut off from his people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices, stacked and onic and galbanium, these sweet spices with pure frankincense, of each shall there be a like weight. And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confectionary, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it very small, and put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation, where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composi- composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. Now I want to move from the pieces of salvation and the picture of salvation that we see in the construction of the tabernacle, which would go into the temple, and by the way, would now be the resonance in our hearts. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 61, I want to move now to the prophecies. So pieces to the picture to prophecy. Isaiah 61, 1. And I could, there are so many prophecies. I'm just choosing one this morning out of, for sake of time and to try to keep the thoughts going forward. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Salvation from pieces to pictures to prophecies. And then I want to go into that of performance. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, a very familiar verse to you and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior which is Christ the Lord Jesus came, this was the performance of all that was pictured. Here he comes, the the real. All that would be set set aside in the sight of Jesus Christ. John 1.29, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Luke chapter 4. Verses 16 through 20, and it says, And he, speaking of Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. 
And there was delivered him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then it says, and he closed the book. If you could just picture this. Just simply closed the book. Gave it unto the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is a scripture fulfilled in your ears. Moving to the cross, John 19 Beginning in verse 25, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own house to his own home. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Now John chapter 20, speaking of the resurrection, beginning in verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, as John was the faster one, and came to the first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin. That was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. It says, But Mary stood without at the sepulchre, weeping, And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Now they knew, but it wasn't their place. To tell her. They probably smiled and sighed. 
And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Now, this is an amazing thing. She saw him all her life. Said saw him and didn't recognize him by sight. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? <laughs> I just imagine the Lord. Whew, what a glory for him to make this announcement. She supposing him to be the gardener saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I'll take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, one word. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. Remember the picture of the Holy of Holies, the holy place, the Ark of the Covenant where the blood was sprinkled. We've been learning the Hebrews. That was just a picture of the true Holy of Holies in heaven. I believe Jesus is saying here, I haven't gone to the Father yet. He had victory. He rose over death, hell, and the grave to provide salvation to all that would believe. But he says, touch me not. I'll tell you, just this is kind of a poor example, but of an earthly picture. Sometimes, like in a golf tournament, at the end of the golf tournament, whoever wins that tournament has gone through a lot, if you've ever played golf, mentally, physically, everything, to win a tournament. Generally, you don't win by a bunch. And if it's a major tournament... It's a major thing. And when they win, okay, yeah, they got the trophy. But you know what the first thing typically that that person do, especially if they've got a family, is they're waiting for their family to come and greet them and hug over that victory. Jesus said, I've not yet gone to my father. Can you imagine? Let's go and meet God. And then he'll come back. Touch me not. But then he says, But go to my brethren and say unto them, and I'm going to give you some of the most precious words in the Bible, and they're like little bitty words. I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God, and to your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that He had spoken these things unto her. We saw the pieces. We saw the pictures. We saw the prophecies. We've seen the performance and I want to finish the message today with the preeminence of salvation.
Turn to Revelation chapter 5 with me. Revelation chapter 5. This is yet to come, folks. God has given us a preview. What a day. What a day is coming. I don't care what's going on with you now. You can be, there is coming a day. He's promised He will. There's a lot to go through. A lot of struggles in life. Every family in some way or another has got something going on. Some kind of difficulty. Revelation chapter 5 verse 1. And I saw on the right hand of Him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. When was that book written? I'm suggesting that book was written before we were even born. Sealed for someone to open. It says, and I saw a strong, this is interesting, a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And it says here an interesting part in trying to figure out this John, he said, and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. I'm not sure what John was feeling here. Was he feeling like, is there nobody able to open? The, are we all doomed? Was there nobody worthy? to open this book. It said, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our gods, God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory 
and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. That day's coming. Stick in there. Work through it. Draw close to him. He is worthy. He's worthy of everything. Things will seem so small one day. When it comes to this, what a day that's going to be. You need to keep that in your mind at all times. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed and the pianist coming to play. question is, is he worthy? Yes, he is worthy. But that's not an answer from your mouth. That needs to be an answer from your heart. Have you allowed him to be worthy to take your life and let it be consecrated all to thee? Some have counted him unworthy by their lives. My goodness, should there be anybody at the Y restaurant on Sunday, Easter morning? Should they even open that store on Easter Sunday morning? But what about your life? Is He worthy? Is He worthy of everything? Every day of your life, every moment of your life, to give Him the honor and the glory and the praise that He deserves. That's what it's about. It's about Him. It's about His glory. Sharing that with others. Thank you all for coming today to worship together. What a great God we have. What a great salvation. It's an amazing thing. All of Him. None of us. Keep your eyes on that book. 
Read it. Absorb it. Make it a part of you. It'll be what gets you through. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. And I thank you for your resurrection. Because you have risen, we will rise again. You're at the right hand of God and you will open that book. You will open the seals. You are worthy to judge this world, to receive honor and glory. What a day that will be. May we, in this difficult, evil world we live in today, may we glorify you in it. For that makes you worthy. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.